Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good morning, and good morning to all the dads, and happy Father's Day to all the dads in the house and all the dads connecting with us online, and to everyone, good morning. What a great, great morning it is. What an just an amazing time of worship that uh, we had. The Spirit of God is evident. Uh, his presence was certainly evident, and I'm grateful that we can uh, worship here, worship in our homes, and just praise the Lord on such a beautiful, beautiful day. We have much to be thankful for. I want to, uh, before I get into the Word of God this morning, just bring you up to date on uh, how we are gradually moving uh, to opening some things up. Uh, for now, it's just Sunday morning service, which uh, you, uh, of course, those of you who are here know it uh, begins at 10, doors open at 9.30. Some have asked about Wednesdays, Thursdays. Wednesdays, we're going to continue to just be online, but we do have this planned. First week of July, the first Wednesday of July, uh, we want to have a prayer walk. So we're going we're gonna to plan an outdoor time, not necessarily being inside. If there's some of you who can't walk around uh, to pray, we'd find a spot for you to pray uh, where you can be comfortable and uh, it, it may be potentially inside, but will be a place where it would be uh, very well spread out. And the numbers would be few. Uh, we would have most all of us outside. And we will be praying that's June, uh, July the 1st is uh, a Wednesday. So look forward to that. Uh, we have been asking all of you to pray and fast on Wednesdays. We've been continuing that from Lent. And God is, I believe, just an, a listener to our prayers. He's an answer to our prayers. Here's a time where uh, really I think he's pressed us all deeper into prayer and to seek him. And if we continue to uh, just be observant on Wednesdays, if you can, to fast something. And I've said many times, it doesn't necessarily need to be your food, uh, but take something out of your life that you would normally have, deny yourself, and let that help you to focus on prayer and seeking God. And on that Wednesday of July the 1st, uh, we'll plan together here and uh, break up into smaller groups where we can continue to be distanced and safe, but pray as we move around the church. And I think that will be just a great time, and we'll keep you posted on those plans. And then the next day, uh, July the 2nd is a Thursday, and we are hoping to uh, plan to have Thursday service resume on that Thursday in our chapel. So for those of you who've made that a part of your uh, regular life where you've been coming to the Thursday service, you've asked. And we can keep very well distanced in our chapel. And we'll continue to just watch what's going on. And please be aware, be gracious. Things can change. And if they do change, you've been great. And You've you're, you've been encouraging, even though we've had to sometimes modify what we've uh, initially planned. But that's our plans for now. 
And then uh, just as Wednesdays move forward to let you know, we're not planning every single Wednesday yet to be here. But when we can have something that's special outside, uh, we'll do that. We're, we're thinking of some more things that we might be able to do. But we thought, what a great way to kick off coming back together on a Wednesday, but pray. And I hope you agree. We're going to pray. And we have much to pray about. We, we do. We're living in a time uh, where we've been inundated with information and misinformation. Like Mr. Rob Susan just said, it's tough to figure out what's true sometimes, right? You can pick any issue. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Pick an issue, pick a topic, begin to investigate it. And you know, you're going to discover over time, there's all kinds of sides. So often it's not just two sides anymore. And you scratch your head and say, what is truth? What is truth? And that's exactly what the Roman governor Pilate said to Jesus. That was his rejoinder, that Roman governor of Judea, when he had Jesus before him. And Jesus said at at his hearing, standing there before Pilate, he said, I was born and I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me, Jesus. And Pilate kind of shoots back seemingly disdainfully. What is truth? It's a rhetorical question. Pilate turned and walked away after that. But it's revealing. It it reveals something about what's going on in that man's mind. Truth didn't seem to be the aim of the trial of Jesus. The mob that was outside of Pilate's place, his palace, they wanted Jesus dead. They really didn't care much about what was true. And Pilate found nothing to charge Jesus with. And he said, as much but ultimately what was his decision i washed my hands crucify him and that certainly wasn't based on truth no the truth to Pilate, to the mob that was outside to the culture in general it was malleable it could change it was subjective and That's really no definition of truth, is it? Truth, actual truth, is objective. In any issue, in any situation, there's one truth. But to the culture then, at the time of Christ, and to the culture now, today, the culture that we live in, truth, truth is passe. And examples are all over the place about truth just really not meaning a whole lot. And one example stood out to me this week, and that is that the Supreme Court of the United States this past week ruled in a case that was involving Title VII, the Civil Rights Act, and the ruling by the Supreme Court redefined sex to include orientation and transgenderism. And I couldn't, I couldn't help but think and compare this with the climate change issue. And you might be scratching your head saying, how does that even connect? And here's how it connects for me. 
There's a phrase that is often used when people speak of this topic called climate change. And the phrase is settled science. They purport that it's settled science, that climate change that's destructive is man-made. Now, that's one position, but some dispute that. Some dispute that, and uh, they dispute that the science is settled. They say it isn't, and you might agree or disagree, and that's not my point. You might say, well, those people who... They're deniers, they're in the minority. But again, that's not my point, and that's not what I want to argue. My point is there's debate about it. There's debate. There's a whole group of people that say, well, that's just not true. It's not settled science. But then I wondered about gender biology. Is it settled science? When it comes to the science of male and female and XX and XY chromosomes, is that debatable? I don't think so. To me, that's objective truth. When, when science tries to investigate something and there's an experiment, there's two important elements. Repeatability is one. Can the same scientist with the same instruments do the same tests and get the same results? Is it repeatable? And then number two, another important element is reproducibility. Can the same experiment with different scientists who are using a different set of instruments arrive at the same result? Repeatability, reproducibility. Well, procreation by a man and a woman is both repeatable and reproducible. And the result is male or female. It's either a boy or a girl. That's it. And that's the truth. That's the truth. It's repeatable. It's reproducible for thousands and thousands of years down to the microscopic level, chromosomes. It's more than just scientific consensus. It's fact. I think I could stand up here and say it's settled science. Yet this past week, the Supreme Court of the land defined sex to include, well, just basically how a per- person feels about it and what they say, how they identify And that's not objective truth. Oh, it's where the culture has pushed. And it's where they've taken us to this place that's not the truth. And that's just a a single example. There are influential people and groups that deny the truth. And they deny the settled science, the settled fact of binary gender, male and female, man and woman. They claim it's fluid. Gender is fluid. Gender can be modified on a whim. And they're pushing more and more and more. Beyond just how you feel about whether you're a man or a woman. But that your species is something that you can say you identify with. Beyond just human species. So a person can be transgender and trans species. And I'm not making that up. This isn't new. For years, there's been a move of what's called other kin. People who, I, who identify as other than human. For years, that's been going on. And recently, recently, 
in May, just a month ago, one of the biggest companies in the world endorsed an other kin. Amazon, one of the biggest companies in the world. They own a live streaming platform. And it can stream anyone's videos. But it's used mostly for live streaming gamers. People streaming videos of themselves playing video games and live video game competitions. And you might think, who does that? That can't be that many people. Well, on Amazon streaming platform, they get about 15 million people a day. 15 million users a day. Gaming is a huge industry. $152 billion in 2019. It's enormous. Gaming's huge. Last month, Amazon announced it was creating this thing called a safety advisory council for its, uh, its live stream platform, which, again, it's mostly gaming. And they created this council to help uh, reduce online harassment, cyberbullying, and that's not a bad thing. Their council consists of eight members. They describe as a mix of academics and professionals with online safety expertise, and they had uh, three creators from their streaming platform. And one of those members, one of those that's on the council has been described as non-cis furry or trans dear girl. Now in a video I watched, uh, this person was wearing antlers, this new safety council member, and it, this person had antlers on and said this, in my spare time I go out in my yard and I prance around and eat grass. I just munch it because it helps me stay in tune with my dear self. Now this person's been appointed to a council by one of the biggest companies in the world. This person who was born a boy and now claims to be a woman and a deer. And, and I don't say hate this person. I don't say we harass. That's not our response at all. I, I put it out as an example of, hey, do you see where this is going? The Supreme Court just said, hey, the transgender's okay. And now there's here, you think trans species is something to laugh at. It seems so bizarre. And yet here, someone's taking it totally serious. A huge company. The truth that's verifiable, it's objective, it cannot be altered, is that council member is a man. But the culture, the Supreme Court, huge companies, they say, whatever you decide, however you want to say you are, that's the truth. But is it? And, and examples abound. These, these are just a, a couple. Truth is blurred everywhere. Be it the political arena. Hey, just check out the news, right? And I, I don't even want to go there. I'm not going to speak about anything political. Information about the coronavirus. How's that? You know, one expert says do this. Another expert says do that. Where's the truth? And I'm not telling you that any of them are intentionally lying. But the truth is evasive. And the truth has been evasive on many, many issues since the beginning of time. The, the there's truth 
and there's untruth. There's truth and there's lies. Jesus said, I am the truth. And he said of his adversary, there's no truth in him. He said, he's the, when he lies, he speaks his native language because he's the father of lies. And that enemy has been lying since the very beginning. It was the devil who lied to Eve. And whispered to her, you're not going to die. You surely will not die. You'll be like God. And that same devil sought out a, a guy named Peter, one of Jesus' closest companions. And he said, I don't know what he said. We don't have that documented, but we know what Jesus said. Jesus said, Peter, the enemy wants to sift you like wheat. And that same devil definitely sought out Peter. And again, I don't know what he said. We don't have that documented. But he got a lie going on into Peter's head, it seems. And seemingly, he prayed on Peter's fear. I can imagine that it was something like this. Peter, admit you know Jesus, and you're going to die. So Peter denied knowing Jesus. Not once, not twice, three times. You know, this is where the world wants to take us all, to believe a lie, to believe a lie, to deny the truth. Jesus described that that direction is the wrong way. It's the way of death and darkness and sin. But the way of Jesus, the way of Jesus is life and it's light and it's truth. And as Christians, we're called to live the truth. We're called to live out the truth. The Apostle John wrote in his first letter about living out the truth. First John chapter 1. And he, he wrote further that authentic love towards others is expressed with more than just words. Loving others is done with actions and in truth. And that's First John chapter 3. You know, we've been bombarded as a culture. We've been bombarded by the culture to deny the truth. They, they continually to push normalizing, living a lie. Now, how do we persist as Christians if we're called to live out the truth? How do we persist in living out the truth? How did Peter do it? Peter, who had feared for his life and denied knowing Jesus. How did he change? How did he become a fearless, unashamed advocate for the gospel of Jesus Christ? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, who Jesus called the Spirit of Truth. And that's when Peter's life transformed. And he, he became a bold advocate for Jesus Christ. This is, this is how Jesus described the Holy Spirit that filled Peter and so many others. And I give you a selection from the Gospel of John. This is the last night of Jesus' life. Before he was arrested and crucified, he said these things. John 14, 16 to 18. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you. And he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In John 15, 26, 
When the advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And John 16, 13. And when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only to what he hears, and he will not tell you. And he will tell you what is yet to come. This is Jesus, what's called his, his farewell discourse, John 14, 15, 16. It's all of Jesus speaking, and he speaks of this spirit of truth. And in these words that Jesus shared, there's this beautiful, beautiful unity presented of Father, Son, and Spirit. Jesus said, I will send from the Father, the Spirit. There's the Trinity. And he said, this Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He goes out from the Father. And he talks about and testifies of the Son. That's Jesus. The Trinity is expressed here in the words of Jesus. And the role of the Holy Spirit is expressed. The Spirit of truth. To testify of the personified truth. Jesus, who said, "He's I am the truth. The Spirit will speak of Jesus and guide you, guide you believers into all truth. Peter needed that Spirit. He needed the strength. He needed the power to withstand the wiles of the wicked one, the father of lies. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. And he kept his promise. Peter, just as Jesus said, He was filled with the spirit. He was filled with power. He was endued with power from on high, the power of the truth. And when he was filled with the spirit, you don't read of a, of a Peter who's denying Jesus anymore. You don't read of a Peter who's fearful. On the contrary, Peter's not afraid to declare his allegiance to Jesus. He no longer cowered in fear. He wasn't afraid to admit I'm connected to that guy. I'm connected to Jesus. And he spoke the truth. He spoke what the spirit impressed on him as the spirit was leading him and guiding him into all truth. And we need that same spirit and that same spirit's promise to us to guide us into the truth about Jesus. Jesus who had ascended into heaven. He's no longer walking the earth. But he sent the Holy Spirit from the Father to testify about Jesus in his place. So Jesus has gone up, but he promised to return. And in his absence, he sent the spirit of truth for every single one of us to comfort. Because we need comfort. To advocate. Because we need help. To be our counsel. Because we need guidance. Jesus prayed the night before he died. He prayed, sanctify them by the truth of your word. Your word is truth. That's from John 17. Pastor Barry talked about that on Friday. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We have this volume of truth. We have this volume of truth. The counsel of God right here in our Bible, the word of God. So what is it then that directs and admonishes and enlivens and it comforts us as Christians? It's the the word of truth applied by the spirit of truth. There are times when this seems like it's in another language. 
unless there's the counsel of the Holy Spirit, unless there's the counsel of the Spirit of truth. The, the Apostle Paul wrote this, which speaks to how the world sees the word and how us as Christians receive it. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. And cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, he reveals what he receives. He brings the counsel of God. He says what my dad says, in essence. What the Father says. The Spirit of truth is the enlightener of our mind in the truth about the Word of God. There's a need to seek. There's a need to seek and depend upon his influence. Because with the Holy Spirit of truth, there comes understanding and discernment of the things of God that he's given to us in his word. And unless we open and study the word of God as a partaker of the spirit, there's little value here in the word of God. Without the illuminating power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible really isn't going to be a volume of truth. And that's a fact. There are many, many non-Christians who can pick this up and they poke holes in it and they say this is contradictory and that doesn't work and that doesn't make sense. Yes, because their father is the father of lies. We have the spirit of truth. And without him illuminating it's not going to be a volume of truth with the spirit then there's there's light there's light on the truth and with the spirit there's no error there's no darkness because he's infallible all error all untruth that's not from above that's from the prince of darkness that's from the father of lies the spirit's teaching is it it, it's infallible Comfort is real. His counsel is real and it's substantial and it's enduring. What does he say? What does, what does the Holy Spirit say? Does he tell us that God hates sin? Yes, he does. Does he counsel us that God's standards don't change? Yes, absolutely. Does he tell us that good works will not, will not gain us entry? into eternal life yes he does does he does he tell us that unless there is repentance there is no salvation of course yes does he tell us there's no other name given under heaven but the name of jesus by which we can be saved absolutely he does there's the truth that's the truth and it's confirmed by the spirit of truth God's standard doesn't shift. It doesn't conform to modern standards of mankind or culture that say, hey, here is the settled, absolute fact, science, but you can do whatever you want. God's standard doesn't move. It doesn't shift. And it's confirmed by the spirit of truth. It's confirmed by the spirit of truth that in Adam, all die. But that in Jesus Christ, all can be made alive. He confirms the truth. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He confirms that God was pleased to have the fullness of the Godhead dwell in Christ Jesus. And, and that his accomplishments 
would be glorified. It's confirmed that his blood cleanses from sin. That his grace freely flows. But the father of lies is still active. He's still persistent. He's still perpetuating his lies. And he would have us believe that we're unloving. He would have us believe that we're intolerant. He would have us to believe that we're bigoted, that we have phobias because we use a word like sin. And the truth is, the truth is fornication is a sin. The truth is adultery is a sin. But what the father of lies tell you? Oh, no. What's wrong with you? That's love. Why would you impugn two people who are expressing their love? The culture likes to say that calling sin, sin, means that we have some kind of irrational fear or phobia. Well, I'm not phonophobic, and I'm not adultery-phobic. No, I'm hearing from, and I'm agreeing with the spirit of truth. And that does not produce a fear. It doesn't produce a phobia. I don't have lie-phobia. I don't have covet-phobia. I don't have steel-phobia. I just don't want to be in the darkness. I want to be in the light. That, that, that's what we as Christians aspire to, is being in the light and in the truth, the truth that's in the light. And then share that light with others, not in a hateful way, not, not in a, uh, a harassing way, but share the love that they can, they can have eternal life and come out of living false, living a falsehood. Because the things of the world, they're a false hope. They're a false hope. There's no, there is nothing solid there. It's a false definition of love that's pushed by the father of lies in its darkness. And it ends in death. It ends in death eternally. Because the truth doesn't embrace. And it doesn't endorse. It doesn't condone sin. But it doesn't mean that it's foolish. It doesn't mean it's foolish as the world sees it. It doesn't mean it's lifeless or dull. No, on the contrary, living the truth, living under the guidance of the spirit of truth, is it's an abundant life. It's a life that's in the light. It's a life that's real. And it's only the beginning of life. It's only a scratching of the surface. Do you remember when Brother Barry put up that that iceberg, to me, that's, that's a picture of life. We're just living this little tip of it when we're living for Christ because there is so much more to come that we can't see. And that's eternal life. You know, as Christians, we're just starting to live it, living it in the truth. Have you believed the truth? Have you believed the truth? Are you living the truth? Let's pray. Let's, let's stand and pray. And I, I just want to say, if there's anyone in this room, if there's anyone listening, connecting online, if you've never, if you've never submitted your life to Christ, he's the truth. He's the truth. You think, you think, oh, I got to let go of this. I got to let go of that. And you know what those are that you're letting go of? You're letting go of, of, of a, a millstone, a rock that's dragging you to hell. That's what you're letting go of. You think it's something that brings you happiness and fulfillment. It's false hope. 
the only true, the only true way is Jesus. And he, he forgives our sin. He forgives our sin when we sincerely repent and say, Dude, I'm done with this. And he makes a way for eternal life. Life eternal, not darkness, light. Not death, life. And if you never receive that, receive it today. Receive it today. Just uh, it, it, repent. Tell Jesus right now, hey, I don't, Lord, I don't need that. I don't want this. I've been fighting against this. And I want to give it up. I want to repent of my way. Because I realize it's just not the truth. It's not working out. And if that's you, pray that. And let's pray today as we leave here, that we leave here in the truth, the truth of the Spirit of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just, I, I just lift up anyone here, anyone in my listening voice, God, that, uh, that may be realizing Ah, the world is just, it's, it's walking away from things that are objectively true more and more and more. And my life has walked away from it. And God, I need the truth. I want to give up. I want to give up my, my way. I want to give up my sin. I want to ask for your forgiveness. I want to press into Jesus Christ. I believe he died for me and made a way. And his grace freely flows. He'll forgive my sins. I could, be, I could be gaining eternal life. Lord, if there's anyone praying that, God, I pray that you would receive them. I pray that you would receive that prayer, God, and make it tangible to them. Let them know that this is the day of change where all things are made new. If anyone be in Christ Jesus, the old's passed away. All things are new. God, I just pray right now for that, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Lord, for all of all those here and who are listening, who've been walking with you and they've trusted you, God, and maybe it's it's tough sometimes to discern what's true. Lord, I just pray for the power of that spirit of truth. God, fill. Lord, fill. Fill every believer with the spirit of truth. God, Lord, I pray that you would you would just pour into every single one of us, God your spirit of truth, that we'd be discerners of the truth, that we wouldn't be deceived by the lies that are being perpetuated and put before us, God, that your Holy Spirit would guide us as your word said, as you said, Jesus, to guide us and to direct us and to keep us from following the path of lies, the path of untruth. God, I just pray for an outpouring of the spirit, an infilling of the spirit. God, we cry out to you and say, fill us, Lord, fill us that we'd overflow. Fill us with the spirit of truth. We need that Holy Spirit, God. And may we leave here with a touch of the divine Holy Spirit that we're walking in the way that we should walk, God. Bless us, Lord. Surround us with that spirit, that same spirit that you said was with your disciples, but would be in your disciples. Fill us, God. We need it. We need your divine. We need your divine touch and your divine help. Bless all here, God. Bless them with that great touch of the Spirit. And we say thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.